first reading is taken from Acts, chapter 2, starting at verse 42, the Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from John, chapter 10, starting at verse 1, The Shepherd and His Flock. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a, a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is the word of the Lord. Alleluia! Christ is still risen. Even though the weather has changed, we remain in the Easter season, a season of rejoicing and sharing in Christ's victory over sin and death. It is a season of revelation about who Jesus is and revelation about what his victory means for all people everywhere, even today. The Easter season for me is also synonymous with lambing. And here's a prop, the jewels. Uh, uh, lamb. Many of you know that I grew up on a sheep farm and each year, I spend my spare time in wellies helping out. And for various reasons this year, I had to do the same. And so I typed this sermon with fingers that felt like sandpaper and fresh memories of shepherding sheep through gates. Highly fitting as we ponder Jesus's somewhat unflattering ambition of being a gate for the sheep. Imagine a child growing up dreaming, I want to be... Again, I digress. 
Our younger ewes on the farm have been led out to the paddock for fresh grass by day and back into the barn for shelter and protection by night. And this is not a dissimilar pattern of shepherding to what Jesus is referring to. Each shepherd would bring his sheep into the town's central sheepfold by night. The various flocks would mingle and each shepherd would have a unique call to draw out only their sheep from amongst the crowd that day. What is different is that in England, grass grows more lusciously and so we don't have to wander for miles to find fresh pasture. You do have to have your little bit of farming talk in this sermon. So shepherds in more arid countries do still have to journey greater distances with their sheep to find pasture. Sometimes they would walk so far that there would not be time for them to return their flock to the town's fold by night. And so they would watch their sheep by night, seated on the ground, or gather their flock into stone-walled enclosures. Once the sheep were gathered in an enclosure, the shepherd would lay down across the opening and be the gate themselves. They would be there to guard against wolves and sheep rustlers. Frankly, I'm glad that's not part of my farming duties now. In John chapter 10, before Jesus goes on to that great revelation of being the good shepherd, he declares, I am the gate. I was thinking how we don't sing songs praising Jesus the gate. It doesn't sound relational or comforting or uplifting. It can sound like... Jesus, the boundary, the restriction, the obstacle. But let's look deeper. I believe the declaration is inherently relational. It begins, I am. The listeners then did not miss the enormity of this reference to his divinity. God had revealed his identity originally to Moses at the burning bush with his name I am. This revelation of identity evoked trust from Moses and his people to follow him. When Jesus uses this name, some people recognise he is from God, whilst others want to stone him because he was in effect claiming to be God. We are reminded in the letter to the new believers at Colossae that Christ is the image of the invisible God the firstborn above over all creation. For God was pleased to have his, all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Through Jesus, through the gate, we can be reconciled with God himself. To dwell in the holiness of God's love delight, peace and joy. Just ponder that for a moment. Whenever Jesus shares something of his identity, it is always an open invitation to greater intimacy in relationship with him. He is opening up that we might know him and thereby God more closely and fully. Jesus says, 
I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Jesus, the gate, is the way to salvation, being saved from eternal death. That's being born again into an eternal life in the loving presence of God. There is no other way to the Father, but only through the gate that is Jesus. At the end of Psalm 34, we are assured that no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Our opening prayer this morning in Easter season gives thanks to God for opening the way, the gate, through Jesus. Blessed are you, Lord God of our salvation. To you be praise and glory forever. As once you ransomed your people from Egypt and led them to freedom in the promised land by opening the gate through the Red Sea, so now you have delivered us into the kingdom of your risen Son. What joy! Jesus contrasts this freedom and fullness of life on offer to those who enter by the gate with spiritual leaders who have tried to lead people by other ways. He describes them as thieves and robbers. There is only one gate to salvation. His name is Jesus. Contrary to the government's lockdown instructions, through Jesus, the gate, we may come in and go out and find pasture. This is an Old Testament reference that assures us of peace and security as we journey in the kingdom of God. Even if circumstances are frightening and painful, we are offered a deep sense of peace and security in knowing Jesus. Just like the Israelite slaves were led through the sea to freedom in the promised land, a place of abundance where they had freedom to worship and enjoy God in life. Likewise, Jesus the gate opens the way for us to live in freedom from guilt and shame, freedom from worry and fear, freedom from hopelessness and despair. The gate of Christ swings toward freedom, not captivity. Jesus says, I am the gate. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. But how can we have life and have it to the full during lockdown? A few years ago, I experienced a personal lockdown through chronic fatigue, being housebound for three months, some days struggling to lift a mug of tea. I was often too weary to read, watch telly or chat. And yet, I knew Jesus. I knew him as my gate to life and fullness of life. I knew him as the access to freedom, to security in God to perfect peace and provision. To someone peering in through the window, my life would not have looked full or free, but I don't believe fullness of life is measured by our circumstances. It is certainly not measured by our possessions or achievements or activities. It's deeper and eternal. Jesus the gate 
offers us access to super abundance of life. Life in the revolution of God's love. His kingdom coming to earth as it is in heaven. Within that, we see glimpses of fullness in terms of healing, miracles and wonders. But more importantly, this is a life filled with hope in God working his purposes out as we share in the glorious risen, glorious risen life of Jesus, us in him, he in us. So salvation, freedom and heaven on earth life are accessible through Jesus the gate. Regardless of our past, our circumstances, regardless of our possessions, our achievements, our activities, we are each warmly invited to enjoy the fullness of life in Jesus, to enter in by the gate. In practical terms, that is, to come to God in prayer in Jesus' name, to live by way of Jesus' teaching, to trust in our eternal salvation to Jesus as sacrifice and resurrection, and not by any good work of our own. I will end with two truths and suggest some homework. First, everyone has a longing for God. Humans are wired for relationship with love, to yearn for peace and to enjoy fullness of life. Some people may misinterpret that yearning as longing for food, holidays, popularity or financial security or whatever, but those things do not satisfy to fullness and for eternity. Interestingly, Google searches on prayer have reportedly skyrocketed over the last month. In lockdown, many more people are asking the big questions and searching for hope. Second truth, you know Jesus for a reason, a purpose. Jesus wasn't in the entertainment business, but the revolutionary business. No follower of Jesus is ever redundant, retired, unemployed or even furloughed. We have a call and a responsibility to pray for others to enter in by the gate, to come to know Jesus personally and not just in theory. As I've said, the Easter season is a time of worshipping Jesus's revealed identity and victory. Easter, and especially Easter in lockdown, is the season to pray for more people to come to know Jesus, the gate to God's love and fullness of life. May I encourage you to think of at least one name, maybe five names of people you will commit to praying will come to know Jesus. I invite you to pray daily for them, until Pentecost, which is Sunday the 31st of May. When I pray, I am encouraged by a quote from the contemporary author Max Lucado. Our prayers may be awkward, 
our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. I will conclude with a blessing for fullness of life. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with you and with those for whom you pray now and always. Amen. power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you promised through your Son, Jesus Christ, to hear us when we pray in faith. We bring before you the Church throughout the world. Give grace to our priests Tim, Jenny and Judith, and to Sam, our Administrator, our Wardens and Deputy Wardens, 
our PCC and everyone who is helping to maintain our church family at St Thomas and St Matt's. As the virus and the fear of it persists, so inspire your church to spread love, to strengthen and console your people, and to care for the poor and oppressed in all corners of the earth. In this we remember especially the work of chaplains and missionaries. Strengthen all your church in the service of Christ, that those who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for peace, justice, and good government throughout the world. Father, strengthen, protect, and give wisdom to those scientists, health workers, carers, politicians, and administrators in our own country and across the world who are working often at their own risk, to look after your people. Give your special care to those who do this in war zones and refugee camps. We ask you to protect those who have recently volunteered for trials of vaccines or COVID treatments. And Father, even as the virus may turn our thoughts inward or to our own fears, we pray earnestly for our brothers and sisters in countries whose greater troubles have not gone away. Bring them peace. Inspire the peacemakers and those who seek to serve the poor and the frightened in Syria, Yemen, Afghanistan, Sudan, the Congo, Palestine and Israel. Turn the hearts of all who are careless of the needs of the people, or who seek to exploit war or the pandemic to consolidate their power or wealth. Direct this and every nation in the ways of justice and of peace, that we may honour one another and seek the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, look with compassion on your people here in Bath. We ask for your protection for people whose confinement at present is oppressive or worse. The mother looking after her children in a high-rise flat with precious little outside space. The family in temporary accommodation. The woman, man or child suffering abuse at home. Give strength to those who run refuges and support groups. Give them the resources they need. And Father, help those who abuse in the home to find some love and peace to replace their anger and oppression. We give thanks for those who help to keep our daily lives going and ask you to protect them from harm. The bus driver the delivery driver, the postie, the shop worker, and others who are at risk at work. Likewise, the volunteer and the good neighbour. They walk the dog or bring shopping, medicines and good cheer to the door. And we ask your care for those who cannot work, those people unable to carry on their trade or do their job, 
and who are anxious for their future. For a moment we hold up those we know to be in particular need. Give grace to us, our families and friends, and to all our neighbours, that we may serve Christ in one another and love as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind or spirit. Father, pour your healing grace on all people who are ill or frightened by the prospect of illness, be it COVID-19 or mental and physical conditions or diseases that do not currently make the news. We ask this also for people we know, a partner, a relative, a friend, a neighbour, a colleague. Protect and strengthen those who attend to them through medical expertise, nursing care and personal and domestic support. Father, when it comes to it, sit alongside the dying, especially when those who love them cannot hold their hands, or when they pass beyond communication with all but you. And when it comes to our turn, one day near or far, sit alongside each of us. Give all who suffer courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And hear us as we remember those who have died in the faith of Christ, those of other faiths, and those whose faith is known to you alone, those who are too many to name, but we have seen their faces and heard their stories. And we remember those who are known to us. According to your promises, grant them all a share in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Rejoicing in the fellowship of St. Matthew, St. Thomas of Becket and all your saints, we commend ourselves and the whole creation to your unfailing love. Merciful Father, Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <laughs>